0: Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Special. Hello. What's happening, Derek? Not much. I hear that uh, you got your truck all fixed. My truck is fixed, and it cost me 60 bucks for a new filter, and then I guess uh, when they opened it up, they, they wanted you wanted to do a transmission While we're thingy, in here. Yeah. And uh, maintenance there, and uh, yeah, I just needed a hmm. bigger, we got it open, throw in a new filter and, yep. and whatnot, so... Yeah, so they did all that under uh, a warranty, extended warranty, and then just threw in a, a filter, which mm-hmm. I paid for. And we did talk about this last week, didn't we? Uh, I think so, yeah. Is yeah, this new
1: was... to people, or is this... They're big, wondering, where is this coming from? Big truck. I think we mentioned okay it last cable, week. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, big truck issue. It is fixed under extended warranty.
1: And if it wasn't warranty, what would it have cost?
0: Uh, 2000 to 2500 after taxes, apparently.
1: That was just the part, or is that the whole repair? No, no, that was the
0: whole repair. Hmm. So... I was fifteen hundred kilometers shy of the end of the extended warranty, <laughs> just thirty as opposed to twenty. But you've uh, been complaining about the
1: issue for over a year, yeah, so they so. knew there was a problem.
0: There is no longer a problem. <laughs> I've been driving it, really like speeding up, slowing down, doing yeah. everything I can to try to get it to replicate. And mm-hmm. It looks Woo-hoo. like they fixed it. Nice, dun, 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 dun. gotta like that, gotta mm-hmm. like that when you don't have to pay for it. Beauty. Uh but we did uh we did a couple of things here. We went to St. Lawrence Market for the first time in about 8 years. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Which is there's the one that's downtown Toronto? St. Lawrence Market. i uh, I've been there yeah. once. Yeah. We've we haven't been there in in a while, but there's meats, there's breads, there's pastries, there's, there's seafood. Soap. There's dibs and dabs of this mm-hmm. and snacks, but those are the main things you get. So yeah, yeah we got to came home with a bunch of cool meat and bread and Yeah. Treats, right on. Yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, we went out to man camping. Scott Robinson. Has oh, his,
1: I saw you post that. His smoke. I've been shot. meaning to do that for so Ooh, long. Some good food. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. He's he's having a good time doing well, it. Well, he There's,
1: closes down early every time he sells out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Every Saturday and Sunday he's open, and they sell out every week. Hmm. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we did that and did some got some of the things off our um, honey do list here around the house
1: that's the name of the town he's in isn't it? honey oh honeywood he's honeywood. in honeywood. honeywood
0: yeah and uh yeah i got a bunch of stuff done around the house this weekend and excellent right on yeah yeah four days off it was nice to not go into work <laughs> apparently there was a lot of rain and thunder and lightning storms up north
1: yes there
0: was tornado it's, watches it's,
1: uh, yeah we had so we had uh several tornado watches over the weekend in bomaville and uh Fortunately, nothing really came up, but yeah. yeah, it's been, it's been really wild weather this summer. It's like, it's very unpredictable, very like, like the, the other day we were just sitting down to, I think we we're having lunch and I said, Hey, it's uh it's raining and, and Beckett, he found it so weird because it was super bright and sunny, mm-hmm. not a cloud in the sky. He walks out, he says, the sky's broken. <laughs> it's like, no, it happens sometimes. And sometimes it happens. High level winds blow the rain from somewhere
0: else where there are clouds. <laughs> yeah. No, I was out there and it's like, okay, there's not going to be anything. And then mowing the lawn. Okay. It's getting dark. <laughs> then start doing all the snippering, the edging and all that. And yeah. all of a sudden there's thunder. Yeah. i wait a minute. <laughs> then it starts raining. Yeah. Well, I guess my... I guess the lawn's Outdoor done. Outdoor activity. Yeah, I guess <laughs> the lawn's done now. But then it would stop. Then it would come back like two hours later. Then it mm-hmm. would stop. Then like an hour later, it's like oh, it's hard to do anything. Yeah, it's
1: like we and we've had a good gotta admit. So unfortunately, sadly, there's there has been like Nova Scotia had a lot of rain and they mm-hmm. lost a few people unfortunately. But uh, yeah, it's just wild weather right across Canada. It's like up north, it's uh, like uh, 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 Yukon and stuff. It's like super dry. Yeah. Uh, McKenzie River is lowest in decades. Um, out in B.C. they have like fifteen hundred or eighteen hundred uh, wildfires. Uh, on the fifteenth of July, there was a major snow and ice storm in uh, Calgary. It's just—it's crazy.
0: Yeah, uh, Mother Nature is
1: confused, going nuts.
0: Yeah, senile. she's not happy. She's senile. Yeah, she's yeah, she's <laughs> gone senile. Oh, well, what are you going to do?
1: Keep your head down.
0: Yeah. Enjoy the time while you can.
1: Yeah. There's old, there's, we have old episodes to warn you how to deal and treat with uh, lightning if you're in the backcountry. Episode 200 and
0: something. Yeah. You hold up a giant metal rod (laughs) and yellow, bring it on. All righty. So what do we got this week? Um there's a couple of things I came across here about adaptive abilities inclusion. Mm-hmm. So, Abilities Movement in collaboration with New York State Canal Corporation uh, and with support from Homesteads for Hope in Ogden, New York, has launched an inclusive kayaking program aimed at empowering individuals of all abilities this summer through the On-Canals Excursion Program. Adaptive kayaking outings will be offered on the historic Erie Canal on Saturdays through August 26th. So you got another month to mm-hmm. do that. Uh, and it's at Homesteads for Hope in Ogden. Funding for the pre- free program is provided through a grant from the New York State Canal Corps. Uh, in addition to the individual and group kayaking opportunities, Abilities Movement will provide opportunities for individuals and families to try adapted kayaking during Thursdays at the farm and homesteads for Hope program that features live music food community connection on Thursday nights in the summer hmm. so whether you're seeking uh, to experience sitting in a kayak or eager to venture out onto the beautiful Erie canal with an instructor they have something for everyone um, that's coming from Mike Tuller executive director at abilities movement if you want to learn more about it you can and, or to sign up. Go to abilitiesmovement.org. So that's becoming... I've been seeing a whole lot of stuff. But we talked about the one up in Port Hope there. Mm-hmm. Uh, or not Port Hope. Um, Port Perry. Port Perry. They're on Scugog, they have the uh, kayak uh, launcher... Thing now. Oh yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And yeah. those are popping up everywhere. If you Google it, they're, like they're
1: handy. Like, they're, and, like I, I still struggle with it. I'm, I, I have dumped a few times getting getting off of a dock. If it's a, a elevated dock and you're trying to get into a kayak, mm-hmm.
0: it's awkward. Well, and this allows people, you know, like people that are in wheelchairs, yes. still have upper body movement. Yeah. It allows them a, a place where they to, can to move into the into the kayak, yes. and then exactly. go into the water from yeah. there, right? So that's that's pretty cool. They're they're coming up everywhere.
1: And speaking of the abilities thing, so uh as I understand it, so I'm I'm sure our American listeners could confirm and other Americans could look into it because it might be helpful, but anybody who has a disability, a, re- a recognized disability, uh, you can get a uh a free yearly uh, federal parks pass or whatever the National Parks pass. Can you really? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so that's that's in the states. I don't know if we do anything like that here. I haven't seen anything, but uh, I don't think so. I did learn that they do that in the states
0: because I know there at at different provincial parks there's um, handicap campsites. Like there's one accessible, yeah, accessible campsites. There's there's one right in front of the comfort stations at uh, Mew Lake.
1: Yeah, the one. Yeah, Yeah. the ones right closest are the are the. accessible accessible
0: campsites. Yeah. Uh, kayaking on the intra-coastal waterway and through the Mangrove Estuary in Westlake Park uh, can be fun way to spend some time, uh, some of your free time. The Broward County Parks and Rec Department offers a water recreation program that makes Miami proud. By giving participants a sense of normalcy that most of us take for granted. Uh, Adaptive kayaking program is for people who are blind or visually impaired. Says, I'm really excited to participate in these events or these activities that really give me peace of mind. Says Charles Notice, who is legally deaf and blind. It is so peaceful. It feels so good. I mean, aside from being super hot outside, being in the shade of the mangroves and everything like that, just the breeze, being out on the water, the sounds of the birds, says Rachel Hayes, who lost her eyesight over a decade ago. Uh, It's that on-the-go feeling that really makes uh, these participants, uh, gives them a feeling of freedom. Broward's Park's department offers a wide range of free programs that enhance physical and mental health through recreational therapy so these these um different programs are popping up everywhere now yes so yes. those are just two of the ones that uh i found like really easily found is you see they went down in in miami there and uh the one in new york state here uh, John John uh, Van Berger he he paddled the Erie Canal there a few years oh, ago did he yeah so so check those out and um yeah uh, abilitiesmovement.org and they didn't have anything for the Broward's parks Department's uh, one they didn't have a uh, um, web address or anything like that so and but we, if you google it, you'll you'll find it
1: and we've covered items like this too for people with differing abilities like we covered a uh what is it? It, it? It's a abilities device for people who have uh, reduced mobility in arms or missing arms. Oh, that it's paddle a, thing! The paddle yeah. thing, yes. So it's a it's uh it's it's straps to whatever, and it helps you paddle. And mm-hmm. it's we've covered a few things over the years that uh, covers different abilities things. So if
0: there, there's lots of stuff out there, it's just growing too. There's just mm-hmm. more and more of it. Yeah, so it's, that's a good thing to see. Uh, this one is pretty cool because if I could do this, I definitely would. <laughs> I know. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> right? It's only about a 50 minute drive from home to office, traffic permitting, but 37 year old Ivan Lee prefers a longer, greener, and more unusual com- uh, commute route. Working in the medical equipment industry, he kayaks six kilometers to his office in Pudong New Area in Shanghai. Though it adds a half hour to the trip, so forty-five so minutes instead China of here. yeah, instead of uh, fifteen minutes, it's a uh, mm-hmm. forty-five minutes. It says I get a lot of exercise by kayaking, and I consider it green travel. But if it rains on route, I arrive at the office all wet. I'm thankful the office has a shower room. He says, compared with traveling amid a congested traffic, kayaking is peaceful, and the scenery is really beautiful. Lee is experienced in sailing and kayaking in the city and beyond. The water commute to work began after he found a water course near his office that is possible, uh, passable by private boats. He studied related regulations and sought advice from professional clubs when designing his commute route. He had to avoid protected areas and major waterways, but that still left smaller creeks suitable for a kayak. Uh, kayaking, like that'd be. (laughs) cool <laughs> to be able to do that to get to work, no, right? That'd
1: be so cool. But, unfortunately... I'm looking up Shanghai right now in Google yeah. Maps.
0: <laughs> uh, kayaking now is a popular sport in China. On the e-commerce platform uh, Taobao.com, some online stores have sold more than a thousand kayaks in the past month. Wow. Right? Uh, Zhao Wei, a operations officer with the kayak and paddle club China Splash said water sports, popular in places like the US and Australia, are now catching on in China. It's a good trend, he says. Club, which has been in existence for 11 years, experienced a brief boom in new students after the COVID pandemic waned. Nearly 10,000 people attended trial classes last year. 10,000 people. I, uh... Yeah,
1: I've never looked at this level. I never. I, I you see Shanghai on a map. Mm-hmm. There's a crazy amount of waterways. Yeah. In that in Shanghai, there's a itself. lot of
0: boat traffic, which you got to watch, right? And they yes. have a lot of regulations that you got to. Yes, and there's a lot of yeah. so
1: the major waterways you have to watch out because there's a lot of boat traffic. But there's a lot of smaller waterways. There's enough yeah. water, smaller waterways that they look like side streets, right? Holy cow.
0: Uh. Zhao says the numbers have since returned to more normal 10 or so students in a week. So he's gone from 1,000 to 10. Yeah, right. Uh, Some worry that growing popularity of kayaking may result in novices taking up the sport without proper training, increasing the risk of accidents. If accidents happen, the government may ban people from kayaking in local creeks, Lee says. The most important thing is safety. Yeah, you'd hate to see that because he's found this new way to get to work. Yeah. And then all of a sudden people go out there, you're all willy-nilly, and, and yeah, the government bans it.
1: hurting themselves or people start drowning, then they're just going to go, oh, no yeah, more.
0: none of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Risky behavior includes taking pets, too many people on board, traveling without life jackets, uh, even trying to take selfies or videos that may unbalance the kayak in motion. Hmm. Like we haven't seen all of that. China Splashes said uh, kayakers should receive training before taking boats on the water. At the club, coaches teach beginners basic safety procedures such as how to wear life jackets correctly, how to identify dangerous areas in water, how to read water flow, and how to embark and disembark safely at a pier. Shanghai Pudong New Area Shipping Business Development Center said those wishing to ply navigable, nav, navigable... <laughs> Waterways must register their craft and crews with urban management authorities. For smaller watercraft, uh, waterways are not considered navigable. They are advised to consult local river affairs management, park management section of the Shanghai Landscaping and City Appearance Administrative Bureau. Holy jumpins! Recommends a few parks where residents can rent kayaks, including Jaiding District's Auto Expo Park and Fengjian's Hai uh, Haiwan Forest Park. So it really sounds like it's becoming a a big deal. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, to be able just to jump in your kayak in the morning. And, I know, just
1: a water commute. I know, right? Yeah, that'd be amazing.
0: I would. I would take the extra half hour.
1: I would too. Absolutely.
0: Right? And I mean. It, you, he says if he gets to work and he's wet,
1: he's a shower room.
0: I got a rain jacket.
1: Well, yeah, maybe he just gets <laughs> soaking wet like, you know, yeah. like if at least he
0: can have a place to clean up. Yeah. But uh, that'd be that'd be awesome. I think they need to make some sort of canal straight through Toronto.
1: Have you looked at the maps of Shanghai? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's oh there's tons of water.
1: I am I am stunned. It's a major port, right? Well, I'm in in the middle of town. Yeah. There's, it's like it looks like it could be like the the uh, like Florida or something with all the inland waterways, intercoastal.
0: It's and like Venice.
1: Yeah, 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 very much so. Yeah, there's major waterways right everywhere in town. It looks like just as much as, uh, water as there is streets. That's crazy.
0: No, well, it gets you onto the water and away from the busy streets and the gas uh, exhaust fumes and. We have a new canoeing destination, and there's a lot of bikes there too, right? Yeah, well, yeah. traffic
1: is because the it, it, cars are have only really become a phenomenon in, in China over the last 15 years. Before that, it was everybody had bikes, right?
0: oh uh, yeah, everybody's got their bikes. Yeah, so and, just, and yeah. now
1: they're now they're starting really to really jump up in the level of uh, of of motor vehicles. They get some of the smallest cars in the world over there. Really neat little cars. They don't look. They are very safe.
0: Oh, the little they got the little Mini Coopers here and the yeah. little Fiat's.
1: And they have, is it the Tata or is that the one from Brazil? There's a little tiny one. It looks like it's like, oh, that's that's a toy. That's a kid's toy. That's not it's a It's like car. a clown car? Yeah. It's like, that's <laughs> not a real car. But no, there's, a, and they're like, you know, 1200 bucks, 1500 bucks for a car. Really? Yeah. But so you, you're getting nothing. You the can only carry two you. people. Yeah, you could. <laughs> it's like the old smart car there. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> All right yeah so like say if if I could uh, paddle to work for a half an hour a day yeah yeah I'd, I'd be doing that
1: There's so much
0: water um a little closer to home here still across the country though uh, Calgary Alberta staff at uh, AQ outdoors is it AQ yeah AQ outdoors. Uh, in Calgary, came into work last week uh, one morning to find that 15 kayaks used for training purposes had been stolen mm-hmm. from a secure storage area. He says, they cut through our fence and took the boat, says Simon Coward, director of AQ Outdoors. They parked 200 meters or so to the south in the parking lot where there was no video cameras, and they actually found some scraping of kayaks where they dragged them. Oh, you like to drag them. <laughs> uh, Coward says the replacement cost to AQ Outdoors is about $25,000 adding each one would get between 800 and 1500 on the resale market if they could find a buyer that's a lot of cash uh, we we're very involved in the paddling community so if they show up on marketplace we've got lots of eyes out there which is exactly where are you going to get how are you going to, to all of a sudden pawn off 15 kayaks. Yeah, and then... That all, like, kind of looked the yeah. same. And,
1: and now the community, so they, well, they just throw them in, the, in a truck and head down to wherever, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, it says, it would be hard to sell these boats because of all the power paddlers looking for them. Struggle will be getting through the busy summer season and all the courses scheduled without them. Thing uh, that has been pretty amazing is how many people have reached out to us and offered boats to use to get us through our courses. Coward says we're essentially going to rent off a few organizations until the end of the season because logistics are trying to get new kayaks up here it's going to take longer than we have, uh, and we've we've noticed that too. People are always saying, "I ordered a kayak and it's going to take me a couple months." Yeah, yeah. Right? So can you
1: imagine trying to order in fifteen or twenty kayaks?
0: Yeah, it's not going to be not going yeah. to be quick coward has a simple message for the thieves looking and this is only in Canada man uh, looking to offload the boats (laughs) if you stole them just bring them back we might even give you a six pack of beer I'd be really happy to get them back
1: yeah just give us the kayaks back right give you a beer
0: so if you go to Facebook uh, AQ Outdoors a call. Aquabatics Calgary, their Facebook page, There's, they got an article there and there's the list of all the kayaks that have been stolen, Mm -hmm. um, like the names, the colors, all that sort of stuff and a lot more information. And if you do happen to see one, how you can contact them and say, hey, I think... This might be one year. your boats. If, that's uh, going to
1: cost them a fortune to replace all those boats. Yeah, twenty five like thousand. And it's not just like they're going to. Might have to wait a year, and mm-hmm. it's going to cost all that money. And they're, they're now. They can't do training courses. Kayak training courses. Well, they'll get the, some loaner boats. So people are offering yeah. loaner boats. So that's good. But uh, still, it's like that's that's quite no. the. Well, no, and, uh, and they,
0: they even said here that they're going to rent off a few off of uh, different organizations. Yeah still has money out of their pocket. Exactly, yeah.
1: yeah. Trying to run a business and people do this.
0: Keep your eyes open if you see people selling stuff. Um, Now, sort of on the same topic of selling stuff, the other thing to watch out for is scams on uh, Marketplace and Kijiji and
1: stuff like that. You told me about this tonight. I never heard about this.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard about seven different stories now of people going to buy a canoe or a kayak or something off of... Mark uh, Facebook Marketplace or Kijiji, and they say you know like fifteen hundred bucks for this for this kayak or this canoe. Yeah, I'll uh, I can come and pick it up on the weekend. He says, okay, if you want me to save it, then send me uh, a deposit of a couple hundred bucks, and I'll hold it for you to the weekend. And then, okie dokie, send my two hundred bucks, show up at the address and everything to pick up my brand new to me boat. And the person the opens the door and goes, What are you, what are you talking, talking about? about? Uh, and then there was one story somebody posted saying, um, that there was somebody went to get their new boat and somebody else showed up as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of scams going yeah. out there right now. Uh, so if you're looking to buy something used off of Kijiji, uh, marketplace or any of those types of things, be very careful. Yes. You know, a couple hundred bucks is a couple hundred bucks. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not, not money that everybody has just to toss yeah. around, you know? So anyway, uh, yeah. And like I say, if you go to AQ Outdoors, Aqu- uh, Aquabatics, Calgary, their Facebook page, and look up all that information and uh, keep your eyes open. Kayak market growth. Oh, yes. Estimated to be valued at $177.2 million U.S., up from $171 million uh, in... 2022 the market is predicted to increase 3.5% from 2023 to 2033 so in the next 10 years reaching a value of 250.5 million us by the end of 2033 yeah that's a lot of boats Mm -hmm. that's a lot of boats rapid urbanization is driving the growth and of the kayak industry Uh, asia pacific is expected to acquire a key position in the global kayak market with a 31% sales share in 2023. The availability of a large number of natural water bodies as well as people's desire for adventurous sports is a significant factor driving the kayak market in that area. Incredible. That's, uh, that's some big numbers. And they're also saying there's a lot of young people with disposable income that mm-hmm. they are using specifically for recreational purposes. Hmm. So, yeah, that's a lot of a lot of kayaks uh, being sold in the next decade. Yeah. Disposable income. That would yeah. be nice, eh? Never heard of it. I think it's a myth. I, remember- I dispose of mine. <laughs> I dispose some of it paying bills. I dispose yeah. some of yeah. it like paying gas. You know, I, I dispose of it everywhere. <laughs> but could you imagine two hundred and fifty point five million no. sold in kayaks in one year? Mm-hmm. Well,
1: if you so kind of turn that around a bit, like when you heard about some economies and markets, and and uh, so the gross GDP of of the United States is like seventy seven trillion or something, and but then you think, well, it's only one hundred seventy million dollars. One hundred seventy million, it's it sounds like a big number, but when you think globally still not, a big number. It's still a big number, but not that big. How many When people, you're
0: talking globally, but
1: how many eight people and a half
0: billion people- Are buying the expensive kayak. How many of them are going to Costco and buying a $300? Yeah, a lot of so those. So you take $177 yeah, yeah, yeah. Million yeah. divided by 300. Yeah, that's a lot, that's of, a lot of boats. That's a lot of plastic. Right? Putting your butts and boats. hmm That's it. How many people do you know drive an e-bike? An e-bike? Yes. I know- Two. What a quinkey dink! You know two. I know two. One of the guys at work and a friend uh, Tracy grew up with.
1: One of the guys at work who retired. Another guy at work who's still at work.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just know the two. Mm-hmm. I really, I'm. I'm not into them. People buy them because it's you know the the work assist, mm-hmm. uh, the yes. motor yeah. assist thing yeah. to to help you out. So. Twenty twenty three. There's not just paddle boards, but there's also electric paddle boards. Yes, Nearly autonomous vessels that offer a drive system, hands-free paddling, and can inflate by themselves. (laughs) There are very, very few electric stand-up paddle boards, ESUPS, on the market. Uh, Equate it to the e-bike market of 10 years ago. Right now the stand up paddleboard community at large wonders if the e are a gimmick or a true innovation.
1: So innovation? Yeah. How's it an innovation? Well, everybody's Mary Murphy, putting motors on something. Yeah.
0: Mary Murphy of GearJunkie.com wrote this article about this. She she test drove uh, this one specific brand. Now we've seen the ones where they're putting little propellers on fins or ones that mount under the board. Yep. And they're not a real e sort of sub sort of thing. That's yeah. an additional propeller. Yes, little correct. It, it creates drag. Mm-hmm. It, it's you know the whole is going all the time. Um, yeah. So she doesn't consider those to really be in this category. She says so. She wrote this article about the the concept of she thinks the concept of e subs appears to be. A little gimmick and a little true innovation. While the jury is still out for ESUPs at large, the execution and design of one brand in particular could maybe, just maybe, <laughs> rival traditional paddle boards.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. SUPs with an electric motor and propeller sound cool, and they are, but also they're not. She, she goes <laughs> one way or the other through this entire article. Uh, putting in some testing, she concluded that ESUPS are decidedly not the next best thing, at least not for her. Yeah. So it comes out at the end there to be a, you're either going to love it or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or not. She says she test drove two of the newest ESUPS on the market from SIPA boards. In 2022, SIPA boards debuted four new models. She tested two of the four, uh, the SIPA Drive All-Rounder, which is an 11-footer, and the tourer, tourer, Tour, touring, tourer. Book. R- a touring book, it's a touring, sub, sup. touring sup, uh, which is 12 feet. She says, first, couple of notes on the concept. Again, just like e-bikes, e subs are designed and marketed to provide an assist when paddling, whether you are a kid, a beginner, an adaptive paddler with limited mobility or perhaps someone just battling a fierce headwind, that extra push from the small propeller really helps. Although most SUPs on the market that are trying to jump on this new trend aren't actually designed from the bottom up to be an E-device per se, they simply add or retrofit a motor or propeller to an existing SUP or its fin. Right. And that's what I'm saying like you just throw something stick it to mm-hmm. the bottom of the stand up paddleboard, board yeah. or to the it attaches to the fin or something like that, right? It's it's not trying to be a true stand up e stand up paddle board. Uh, there are a couple of really unique components that set Sippa boards apart from others trying to build an e-sup. First is the e function. Battery pack and propeller is separate from the fin and the rest of the board. The unit is self-contained in the center of the board, and if you don't turn it on, you are still able to paddle the stand-up paddleboard like normal. Yeah, Yeah. right. So, yeah, you're just paddling it on, then you can activate it when you need to. Uh, I'm not. I've never actually really looked into e-bikes because they've biking. I'm not interested in biking. Mm -hmm. When I grew up, I just lost my interest in bicycles. (laughs) You know, because we're not out there doing jumps and trying to kill ourselves anymore. Yeah. Hey, uh, get all your friends to lay down. How many people can I jump over? <laughs> We've right? done that. Done yeah. that. Done it. Yeah. I, once we stopped doing that, yeah. Yeah, I lost my interest <laughs> in bicycles. So the, the, uh, it doesn't matter after, you know, it doesn't alter the configuration of the board and the fin. It doesn't contribute any or much drag that she, she noticed. There are a couple of other stand up paddleboard brands adding motors and propellers to their paddleboards, but, they add these devices directly to the fin. And some of these devices are called power fins or jet packs. Many of them are heavy and require hardware to attach to an existing fin or board. And the board won't paddle normally, manually, uh, with these devices attached. There's twist drag, I guess? I yeah. don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because some of them are, you know, remember they, they you can get those little things that when you're snorkeling or diving, yes. those little motor I've got, I've things got one. that you hang on to yeah, yeah some of them look like that but small mm-hmm. of course smaller yeah. that stuck to the bottom your. so that's going to add drag Yeah. like a, a lot, lot of lot. drag right second sip boards are self inflating essentially the battery pack that runs the propeller also inflates the stand up paddle board no external manual or electric pump is required hmm. right and i'm just thinking this perpetual motion thing <laughs> <laughs> It has the same decibel level as electric pumps that plug into an external power source, like a 5-volt in your car. But with the self-inflating SIPA board, you don't have the to be near your vehicle to inflate. The downside is it's another thing in life you need to charge. Each of the two <laughs> battery value packs. Value. Yeah, that power this SIPA board. So there's two battery packs that, that power this. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, but that's like, you know, if you're getting something like that, you're you're, you're just figuring that's a, a gimme, right? Yeah. Using the same battery to inflate the stand-up paddleboard drains some of the battery off the bat, meaning less power for assist for later. She spent a lot of time thinking about these two components. Are they pros, cons, or both? Uh, and that'd be my big thing as well. If I've got to use this battery pack to inflate it, well... I'm wasting my battery power. All of a sudden, I go from 100% battery... Seventy 90 or 70, yeah, something like that. Not a good design. But how but, far do you go on a paddleboard? Well, see, and that's it. Like, what are you going to do with this and how much power? Yeah. She, so she, she had to test them, right? Mm-hmm. From the design standpoint, the SIPA boards are super dialed. If you are already bringing the extra weight of a battery pack for power assist, it may as well serve a dual function. In the reverse, if you know someone who already... Uh, opts to choose to bring along an electric pump why not go fully electric with this upgrade so if you've got an inflatable and you bring an electric pump yeah then why not just use the one that's already built in yeah right so there's an upgrade like i say she tested two models but mainly the all-rounder model the board is only 22 pounds pretty competitive care uh, compared to similar size boards yep you add the battery pack and motor unit; it bumps it to 33 pounds. So that's 11 11 pounds for the battery pack and motor.
1: Like a light canoe.
0: She also tested the touring model, which was most fun for her on the water in terms of feel when paddling. With both models, though, once the power assist kicks in, it's a whole different experience. On both, the battery packs and propeller are hidden under a sort of hatch. That's punched in the center of the board. You simply charge the batteries, drop them in, turn them on, and secure the cover. Cool. Pretty simple. The SIPA ESUP's double layer mono structural laminate with a drop stitch core and reinforced on the rails, also higher quality. Uh, with any stand up pedal board, you'll want to avoid single layer construction and woven fabric. Ideally, the board is dual layer with a thicker weight of drop stitch fabric and reinforced welded, uh, rails, yeah. you know, that's what you definitely want. Inflation is not fully automatic as you have to drop the battery pack into the slot on the board and adjust between a first and second stage pump. Otherwise it's seamless process that allows you to stand around, admire the nice weather, help kids put on their PFDs or spend the time packing gear in terms of efficiency and getting on the water. SIPA board is pretty good. So how fast will these, uh, what is W.H.? Uh, watt-, what are, hours? Th- yeah, watt hours? Yeah, watt uh, hours. How fast will these 90 watt hour, total of 180 watt hours, with the two lithium-ion battery blocks really let you go? SIPA boards claim up to three knots or four miles per hour. But she wanted to find out for the, and for the same reason that all of her thinking, why the heck would I want to invest $2,000 <laughs> in an electric stand-up paddleboard? The first demo day with the SIPA uh, all-rounder paddleboard Uh, She says, I picked a 200-yard section at our local lake with two markers on land, then paddled between them, point A to point B, in the same direction for accuracy. To be honest, I don't feel a ton of assist on level 1. Yes, the motor is on, but you'll feel like a crawl if you aren't also paddling. So for the purpose of testing out the speed and fun factor, uh, she completed the time test on levels 2 and 3. And she says, I tried to paddle at roughly 50% effort to emulate the leisurely speed of a recreational paddler. Level two, it took me one minute, 49 seconds. Level three, it took me one minute, 38 seconds. So this is over a 200-yard yep. section, right? Paddling unassisted with the sup off, it took me about three minutes. Hmm. So it cuts our time in half using yeah. the assist, right? So if you're in a hurry or, you know, you, you need that extra boost... It does seem to do, like, on level 2 and level 3, it does seem to, to do pretty good. Best of all, over the course of a couple of hours, I didn't notice any drops in the bars indicating battery life. Indicated on the paddle remote with a series of lights. Even after zipping around on level 3 for about an hour. That's impressive. That's pretty good. So she pumped it up and yeah. then paddled did all around the, it. Paddled around, did these tests. Tested it
1: on different yeah. levels power levels one two and three
0: yeah and yeah she paddled she you know she was going around on level three for about an hour and she didn't notice any uh, drops in the bars however Sipa Board does advertise that if you're using level three the entire time it will drain the battery more quickly yeah of course the other functions that will drain the battery more quickly is actually inflating this up to the needed psi before you get on the water the approximate battery life with two fully charged battery packs using any mode is three to five hours. Hmm. Still, if you're going out for
1: that three to five hours, like I think that's enough time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you're going out for, and you know, I mean, if, unless you're going but I mean, that's, and, that's if you're using
1: yes, the assisted thing. And after you kill the battery, you can still paddle.
0: Right. You're not just stuck.
1: Yeah overall I guess off the wall yeah, I guess I don't swim, swim home now. I'll come back <laughs> for this later put the put the solar power charger on it and come back later.
0: Overall, the two higher levels do offer a great amount of assist for the type and size of batteries that are integrated into the board. Batteries are easy to charge. They can travel on planes, Propeller is in good position on the board no matter whether your weight is a little forward or a little back or centered. ESUPs while slightly heavier on land aren't affected by the extra weight on water due to buoyancy so it's the same amount of uh, potential for per- performance all in all the electric component works well she says the final word electric stand up paddle boards are going to have a much higher price point and buy in than a traditional stand up paddleboard. so it's worth thinking worth thinking over why you want an ESUP yes and how and when you would use it, and that's exactly what I do when I look at things. It's like, yeah, it's really cool to have, but then you, after you settle yeah. down, look at all the bells and whistles. You're just like, how often am I going to use yeah. that? Oh, do it. I really need that? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, yes, ESUPS have a uh, battery and more hardware, which on Sipa boards is integrated really well. Uh, with the complete uh, Bluetooth remote control. Essentially true if you're a family with kids and want to give them more time paddling, more confidence and more safety when the headwinds blow in, uh, the boost from a SIPA board would be a great idea. Also see a huge use, same as e-bikes, for adaptive users. SIPA was smart to add rows of D-rings along the rails Of the stand up paddle board, if you needed to secure a kayak seat for seated paddlers. And of course, we've seen, we've talked about those as well. Uh, You could also be able to pair the power assist with a kayak paddle when seated and allow the stand up paddle board to carry you while you go hands free, maybe for fishing, reaching for a cooler or a dry bag, or helping out a child learning to paddle. She says, at least for me, that motorized fun comes at too big of a price and see yeah that would That's be a lot well. of them, yeah. Yeah. The board is heavier on land and I'm typically going to lakes where I'm not close to my car. It limits me to lakes that allow motorized watercraft. I hadn't, I, I, I hadn't thought about that. I haven't, I didn't think about that either. <laughs> uh, technically, it's motorized, right? Mm-hmm. The eSup batteries and control need recharging and there's limited run time and the highest assist mode. See, that wouldn't bother me because, you know, I'm going out for five hours I'm not going to have it running all the time, no. so I can get You'll eight, play hours, around eight, with eight it. to ten hours yeah. easy. Um, yeah. How How fast does, does the novelty wear off? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so I I, I, like I know it. I'm going out tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to plug it in. Or I came, I, I was out all day. My batteries are pretty much dead. I'm going to recharge them so that I can just grab and go next time. Mm-hmm. So the whole charging thing yeah. is isn't a big deal to me. Uh, most of all, you lose that peaceful, serene sense of enjoying the sounds and senses of nature and the water due to the droning hum when it's on. Worse, the gurgling noise might bother others. Now, she also said that no one's complained to her yet because they all think, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Novelty. Yeah. Right. Once that novelty wears off. If you're paddling with someone like that for five hours, and they have it on the entire time. <laughs> because they time. do donuts
1: around you the whole time. Right. And it's not like these things are fast. Like, it's uh, yeah. four miles per hour is six and a half kilometers an hour. So, it's just... It's it's, paddle. Yeah. It's like 50% faster than uh, like a fast walking speed.
0: Yeah. I mean, we we do six... What were, yeah, what were yeah. we doing? What, six, seven kilometers an hour on our yep. trip? We were. Yeah. 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 Uh, for some, especially families with kids, and even more so for people who paddle with dead weight, like kids or dogs on board. There you go. <laughs> E-sups could be worthwhile. I recommend a SIPA board after seeing all the other e with fins that cause drag, heavier batteries, other contraptions. SIPA boards actually offer a lot in the way of perks as opposed to being more hassle. It's safely uh, safety benefits like a way to get back to shore, extra power assist for kids, beginners, and tired paddlers outweigh the cons. Uh, by all means, go for it. Uh, an e SUP may be great choice for you, not for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know what? I, I, you're paying two grand for that. To me. I have to agree. It's both a gimmick and an innovation. Yes. An innovation for those who could use that. It's something new. something different. Yeah. But for me, it, it would be a gimmick or a novelty that wears off pretty quick. I
1: think what would be good, and I've seen these before. I've seen them around for about, oh, six years, seven years. Water skis? Well, I've seen those too. But uh, no, it's uh, it's like a stand-up paddleboard. It's shorter. It's got a handle and a rope. And these things move like you are doing about thirty, forty kilometers an hour. You get up on plane, so you just stand on it.
0: Or are those those ones that you like you pump with your body, sort of. No, thing? no,
1: no. There is those ones too, but no, these ones are battery powered and they've got little. Uh, they, they don't. The, the they they are quite fast. So are they like a
0: water scooter,
1: sort of. But you stand on it like a stand up paddleboard. Okay. They're about twelve thousand dollars. What <laughs> Well okay, so
0: that escalated quickly. We've gone from a two thousand dollars <laughs> ESUP to twelve thousand dollars. I've seen them for a
1: while now. I, I first time I saw it was on a Kickstarter. And then I've seen that other companies are now selling them. And uh, You're gonna buy a, one, aren't you? No, no, no. It's twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> I don't have that kind of money. That, that's uh i've got other things to pay for i've got renovations to do
0: yeah well yeah there like i say there's certain things that if you got the yeah. money to just light up and burn mm-hmm. fill your booty yes and so uh,
1: like uh, what i was trying to do though is compare it to the this sup. this sup is is goes to about six six and a half kilometers an hour on on its highest speed whereas the other ones are like there's 30 clicks. You're you're wow. up on plane and carving turns like you're on. It's like you're on a like a kneeboard or a water ski or something, right? And but it's self propelled. Hmm. And uh, so I've seen I've seen it online a lot. I've seen uh, YouTubers using them, and it's like, wow, these that sucker's fast. That looks fun. But, uh, so that's the part of the thrill side of it when yeah. you get, you get higher speeds. So clearly you're not going to get long on the battery, maybe an hour on the battery, and then maybe have a couple of spares to run back to the dock and change batteries. out. Yeah, go out, do a
0: big loop, come back, change yeah, your battery. Yeah. Go out, do a loop, change <laughs> your battery. <laughs> How many double A's does that thing take? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That ah, sounds cool though. Yeah, it's interesting. So, yeah, you and know, maybe, what? Like it, I say, maybe there, it's there's a,
0: a time and place for it.
1: Could be a mobility right? assist, an right. abilities assist item, right? Yeah. So you want to get out there and send a paddle board, but, you know, you don't have the ability, the stamina, whatever. Maybe you're going to kneel down on the board and, you know, whatever, right?
0: Or also places with that, if you're a regular paddle, uh, paddler in places with big current.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe you, know, you want the assist to, then get, then you, to get back because maybe you found, oh, yeah. man, I
0: like going there, but I get tired and yeah, I exactly. struggle to get back. Yeah. Well, there's your answer, mm-hmm. right? Taking little kids out, taking your dog out. Yeah. You know, you just don't want to, or, or like they say, you know, you're out there all day fishing or something like that. Exactly. On it just, yeah. You want to do a bit of trolling or something like that, then just kick that in and doodly doodly doodly. Yeah. Uh, you just kick that in to go while you sit on your cooler <laughs> and eat your lunch. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah Yeah. throw the cooler on top and sit on the cooler and
0: (laughs) i've got to agree with her Uh, not really my cup of tea no
1: no it's not mine either but it's going to be somebody's it might be an ability assist it might be something just for fun it might be something where you know it's a nice quiet morning maybe you're you know i I can think of a lot more stable platforms but say you want to get out on an early morning when it's flat calm do some photography and and you know to do your photos with uh you get the little motor running Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know. There's, there's options there. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's lots of other better options. Like there's lots of much better options, but it's one of the things out there, people well, with, uh, probably
0: be the start of the E sup. Yeah. Craze. Yeah. Uh, but check out the Sipa boards, the, uh, all rounder and the tourer. Uh, after doing a whole bunch of reading on gear junkie and, other mm-hmm. things I found myself at I haven't been to this one in, in a while do you still get adventure journal I do do
1: you-hmm
0: you may have noticed that. Uh, Marjorie slim Woodruff is uh, one of the writers yes she put yeah. stuff there we we've this sort of touched on a bunch of different things that we've talked about uh, she titled it influencing what exactly hmm she says, a spectacular picture recently appeared on social media of a young lady in Arizona. She was posting, posing uh, on the edge of a cliff emblazoned with sunset colors. Immediately, her online followers clamored to know where the picture was taken, so I can get one just like it. <laughs> Turns out it was taken on an off-trail route at the end of a pothole dirt road on the Navajo Nation and required a permit to even enter the area. <laughs> Also, I bet she did not climb to that precarious perch on the <laughs> cliff wearing those fancy shoes. <laughs> there you go. Local guide lamented that the area would now be getting a slew of Instagram tourists, which we've talked about. That. Yep. People would be seeking to replace the the re replicate the pose with themselves perched on the very same edge, probably wearing those same shoes. <laughs> kind of thing has led to some decrying this unsavory habits of Instagram influencers Uh, but I mean they talk about the the Facebook people the YouTuber all that sort of stuff right these are the folks who trample fields of wildflowers in order to get a shot of themselves displaying a sponsored product or who photograph their colorful paintings on wilderness rock faces Instagram photos taken on private land, have owners locking their gates because the hordes of people wandering through looking for the exact location of an idealized post. Perfect shot, however, does not show the queue of people waiting impatiently for their turn at glory. Which, the minute I saw that, remember those pictures we saw of Mount Everest? Of the rows of 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 people? Of the, like, 300 people in a line waiting for their turn to get their picture at the top? Yeah. Like, Wow. Yeah, it's insane. Even blatant uh, people get in the act. Some men film themselves swimming illegally with endangered pupfish in Nevada, and then they posted the video. Do they truly believe the only iconoclastic souls who disagree with petty federal regulations will view this video? <laughs> or that park rangers and police don't own smartphones? <laughs> Exactly, right? Whatever they were thinking, it did make the law enforcement easier. Yes, I have the evidence right here. (laughs) You guys posted it. What has happened to old-fashioned spontaneity? Imitation is a form of flattery, but is the only picture worth having one that's copied from someone else's? There's even a website which apparently allows one to paste family pictures into vacation spots without bothering to visit them. (laughs) <laughs> Great time saver and money saver. Yeah. Look, here's me in front of the Colosseum yeah. in Rome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where did you go? Never.
1: And it's also a better way to avoid trampling uh, flowers in a field just so you get oh, yeah. a
0: shot. One day while riding my bike, I passed a couple setting up their flawless picture. When I came back an hour later, they were still working on getting the hair, clothing, and attitude just right. The scenery was an afterthought.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: People are also failing, uh, falling into copycat mode because apparently just standing on a rim isn't sexy enough. One has to jump or pretend to fall, which unfortunately may segue into the real thing. Search and rescue groups decry the glut of visitors who just want the perfect picture. There is even a word for them. Kill fees. Yeah. Selfies. Because somebody's going to die. Yeah. Selfies, kill fees. Yep. I'm reminded of the old mom adage where we were children were asked, If all your friends jumped off the cliff, would you? you? (laughs) Yes! (laughs) No, I'd be the guy leading on my friends. (laughs) Uh, Then I discovered an entire genre of Instagram posts dedicated to ladies who hike and climb in high heels. I assumed they hiked in real shoes and then changed for the shot, but no. Some of them climb mountains in heels. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> back in the day, we visited the backcountry to get away from other people. Now we invite them digitally to follow us and give us likes. If a person climbs a mountain and does not post it online, did the hike really yeah. happen?
1: Pictures it didn't happen. Right?
0: That's yeah, the same with fishing. Yep. <laughs> no pictures, no proof. Sometimes an experience doesn't even need to exist in reality. One summer, I worked as an educational liaison at a local business that featured a diorama of the Grand Canyon in their oh, courtyard. Oh, really? Busloads of tourists line up to get their picture in front of that picture of the canyon. I wanted to yell, the real thing is only seven miles away.
1: But that's too hard. That's
0: too hard. That's too far. My son has encouraged me to become an influencer. He tells me there are not a lot of women my age who do the things I do. (laughs) I guess that is a compliment, but if I did, my influence would be unfiltered. No makeup, just hiking boots, clothes made for roughing it, and haired wild as the old West hurrah. Perhaps I could start a trend, down and dirty influencing, sweaty, beyond tired, what it really looks like to have hiked up that cliff. Think it would catch on? It won't. I like this article. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just read this, and it's like, there's so many things you can go, yep, seen it, yep, yep seen it, yep. yep, seen it, yep, I agree, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, to be an Instagram influencer. <laughs> no thanks. Uh, this one was from you. This yes. is from you.
1: I've been seeing a lot of stuff on social media, like mostly from, Gro, Gro, how you say Gros National Park? Or? Yeah. yeah. In, in yeah. Newfoundland. So the mid-southern east side of Newfoundland, Gros Morne uh,
0: National Park. I think it's a national park. Yeah.
1: Too. Anyways, it's... Um, it's i've been there we did a small hike there well stella was 11 year 11 months old so it would have been 13 years uh, 12 years ago but uh it's it's a beautiful park but i've seen been seeing a lot of ads lately of people kayaking and fishing in Morne, and uh it's a beautiful place and so uh, as well i've seen some ads are starting to come through in quebec st Lawrence river uh, uh what's the uh the point, anyways, there's uh, Fort Leon National Park, and there's a lot of places to go to kayak, right? And so this this here really stood out. So it's along uh, all along that area is uh, it's just fantastic. Like we we did uh, we did that area four or five years ago before COVID. So it's a sea-oriented sea-oriented territory, boasting spectacular and varied landscapes. Maritime regions of uh, Quebec are a true sea kayaking paradise. And unfortunately, the time we were there, the kids were too young. And every time we stopped at any, we stopped at like half a dozen places to rent kayaks. No, no, your kids are too young. No, 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 yeah. no, we won't rent them. Your kids are too young. It's like, I want a two-man kayak and I want to take my kid out. No, 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 your kids are too young. <laughs> I'll have to sneak them in the kayak then. Okay,
0: then hang on to my kids for me while I go out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You're, you're babysitting.
1: Is yeah. <laughs> you a dry bag? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. What's in the dry <laughs> bag? Nothing. <laughs> Why is it moving? <laughs> uh, this activity is actually one of the best ways to observe seals and a multitude of seabirds while peacefully admiring the coastline from the water explore the numerous memorable destinations and if you don't leave you don't have your own equipment take advantage of the many guided excursions offered throughout eastern quebec we next time we'll bring our own kayaks or something yeah uh, the Kamaraska Archipelago is a very picturesque setting, which is really close to Montreal uh, for sea kayaking, facing the mountains of Charlevoix on the north shore of the St. Lawrence. It offers multiple kayaking routes and unique views of those mountains to the north, as well as the village of Kamaraska area to the south. Take a break along the Ile de Cornille Crow Island. Uh, to stretch legs and observe numerous bird species along the shoreline you can also participate in a guided sea kayaking excursion offered by Sebka River uh, Riverside Park departing from the village of Kamarasca um so we we went through a lot of these areas of mm-hmm. course we didn't see it from the water because well we couldn't they wouldn't allow us to rent kayaks but we want to go back when the kids were older uh, so Parc National Dubic we camp there, uh, is a well-known sea kayaking destination. The park coves and uh, islets are a perfect playground for paddlers, inviting them to discover the park's seaward side. Seals are very common in the park. If you're lucky, one might pop out of the water and say hello while you're watching a flock of seabirds, such as black guillemot or eider ducks, or a lone heron flying back to its nest. The boat launch on Havre Haver dubic Bic, uh, sector provides easy access to the water in all conditions. I'm sure I'm butchering a
0: lot of these names. <laughs> See, At least you're getting the French ones. You're not getting the ones from <laughs> India that I usually have to do.
1: <laughs> Guided excursions are offered from this location. Just one tip. Make the most of your hiking experience. Opt for a sunset excursion and don't forget your camera.
0: There's nothing like paddling at sunset and into the evening. I know.
1: Yeah. The flat light. The yeah, The colored sky is yep. amazing. Saguenay-St. Lawrence Marine Park is one of the best spots in the world to observe whales. In Les Bergeron area, Mer, de, Mer et Mont Ecotours offers guided sea kayaking excursions to discover the marine environment, including winter kayak tours, winter kayak tours through the ice floes, which uh, adventurous kayakers are sure to enjoy. Ooh. The Saguenay Fjord is a classic destination for kayakers in Quebec.
0: Isn't that where you wanted to go to Saguenay? We are going to
1: go, yeah. So we, it's a bit inland. It's uh, uh, saguenay lac So it's a lake, Saguenay Lake. Right. And uh, so it's just up a bit. And so we were going to tour the whole area. But at the time when we canceled it, there was a lot of forest fires. And then yeah. when they said, hey, please come, the fires are out. It was like too late, too short to plan it. Yeah. Um. The remarkable scenery of this area will leave you speechless. The fjord's sheer rock faces, majestic capes, rugged shoreline look even more impressive from the water. Parc National du Fjord du Saguenay offers 13 primitive campsites. I want to know what they mean by primitive. I think it maybe means like backcountry campsites. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I think that's what they mean. Yeah. Just like backcountry Algonquin. Uh, there, there's these primitive campsites along the fjord, which, some of which are only accessible by kayak. The Fjord uh, Kayak, a company based in Lens-Saint-Jean, provides you with the perfect opportunity to explore the waters of the legendary Saguenay River at your own pace. It offers everything from tours lasting a few hours to kayak camping trips lasting several days. Another option is to paddle the waters of the fjord during the inclusive stay at the Fermé 5 et Holiday Resort. Yeah, five star. Yeah. <laughs> 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 in uh in saint panrick uh bay in bay como follow the passionate guides at uh, the attitude nordique to discover all the beauty and serenity of the saint lawrence in the area several packages are available during the day or in the evening and include other outdoor activities as well as the opportunity to taste local
0: gourmet products paddling and food i know what kind of? There's no gone. better combination. Two of my favorite things. I know,
1: right? <laughs> like, uh, like I we we last year we did something like this. It was uh, it was on the canal in upstate New York where you could do a. Am I remembering this right? Where you could do it wasn't a beer run, it was a restaurant run. So, oh yeah, yeah.
0: So you'd be stopping Stop at, at a, different restaurants and buying breakfasts and every st- yeah. every night, yeah, yeah, every day. So every day. um, just to, on that note. Do you remember a little while ago we talked about uh, Portugal, doing <gasps> yes. the, the yeah, Porto, yeah, yeah. starting Porto. Yep. And you take the train and the yes. river. So the young couple next door, yeah, they had friends, they that were that? getting married, over. Yeah, they and that's what they, they left port. They they went to Porto. Yeah, and then they took the train up into one of the wineries. Nice. So I was telling them, oh, there's that. And she goes, yeah, that's that's exactly where we're going. <sighs> really <laughs> <laughs> right on <laughs>
1: we only just talked to us so i guess they didn't get the idea from yeah, us. no i don't know do you know if they listen to the podcast uh, i don't know <laughs> um if you have your own kayak be sure to stop at setil along the way to explore the archip- archipelago that gave uh, the city its name setil means seven islands Paddle to so this is way up on the north side of the St. Lawrence yeah. River. Uh, paddle to Grand Basque Island where you'll find uh, hiking trails and primitive campgrounds. You may want to extend your stay in this area f- known for whale watching. I hear there's so this the uh, St. Lawrence River drops off really close to shore in some of these villages and I've seen videos of, uh, of whales like five feet from the dock, yeah, bre- breaching and going back down again. It's like How is he doing that? Because I'm used to docks that are in like, you know, seven feet of water, right? Yeah. For experienced kayakers looking for a complete change of scenery in a remote environment, the Mingna Archipelago is the the place to visit. Discover the islands and islets of the archipelago with Noriak Adventures Team. This area offers countless possibilities for exploration lasting from a few hours to several days. See sculpted limestone monoliths Uh, stand guard over the water, adding to the unique character of the archipelago. As you paddle, you may spot Atlantic puffins, one of the many bird species found in this area. You start to get the really unique bird species along this way because it's all, it's a mixture of salt and fresh, right? From St. Lawrence out and the uh, Atlantic
0: Ocean in. Especially puffins. Puffins are cool to see. Yeah. That's one of the things that we managed to see when we were in Iceland was the puffins. Nice. Specifically went to one of these nesting grounds just to see them. And it was about a week or so before they made their migration. Were there
1: any restaurants with it on the menu?
0: Uh, there was one in town. But people listening right to now are going, oh, my God, what yeah. are you talking about that? I <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. it just like a chicken. <laughs> well, it would yeah. be. <laughs> no, that, well, yeah, we, we thought, wow, whale and puffin hmm. are the two things. The whale, we were told by by a few people, were the only reason they serve whale in restaurants it's for tourists. is for tourists. Yeah, the locals don't eat it. No. <laughs> no, they stick to the pony.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the uh, So the Mingna Archipelago, Archipelago National Park Reserve also offers 44 campsites and six campgrounds on the islands to make your trip to this unique corner of par- paradise truly unforgettable. Located at the tip of the Gass Bay Peninsula... For Leon National Park, I've been there, mm-hmm. is another very popular sea kayaking destination thanks to its rich wildlife, seabirds, seals, and whales, and impressive cliffs on the northern shore. Explore the beauty of Gaspé, Gaspé Bay yeah. during a sea kayaking excursion with Cap Adventure and the Grand Grave sector of, of the park. Perse Rock is without a doubt the region's uh, Gaspésie's most iconic landmark. A kayak tour around the steep rock faces of this colossus emerging from the sea will make you appreciate its size even more. And let's not forget the rock formations and rugged shorelines of Bonaventure Island, home to an impressive northern gannet colony that you can observe up close in a kayak. Parc National du Ile Bonaventure et du Rocher Perse also offers sea kayaking activities in partnership with the Paris Perse Yacht Club. It was in it was in that town where I got you your, um, your... Absinthe. Absinthe, yeah. yeah. So they had some really unique absences there in that village.
0: And, um, when are you going back? Because I'm almost empty. <laughs> 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 I need some refills. <laughs> um, in
1: La Hot Gaspézy, enjoy a sea kayaking excursion with the Esquimera Adventure Guides. In addition to offering half-day outings, this... Outdoor Company in Saint-Anne-de-Mont invites you to participate in full moon excursion during which you may be able to observe bioluminescence. That's cool. That, yeah, I've seen it. It's so amazing to see it a phenomenon produced by plankton the beauty of the shoreline and the stillness of the night will add a touch of magic to your paddling experience you can also rent kayaks at valmont plein air in captcha and uh, access the sea nearby this area is perfect for kayaking excursion at the end of the day as the sun sets over the vast st lawrence estuary The Ile de Madeleine are a real ideal situation for both beginner and experienced kayakers. Coves and lagoons offer paddling areas sheltered from the wind, while cliffs in various shapes and colors provide a perfect backdrop as you explore the region's natural sights. Perched along the Cape, for which it is named, Parc de Cap offers kayaking excursions and expeditions along the cliffs and the nearby caves, as well as lessons for paddlers of all levels. Finally, Auberge de Salicorn provides excursions along the cliffs of Old Harry, and if you're feeling particularly adventurous, you can participate in the introductory surf kayaking lessons and tackle the island's waves. There are many sea kayaking options in the maritime region of Quebec.
0: There is, eh?
1: It's an amazing... Like, we did the Gaspé Peninsula, like I said, and we we saw a lot of these places, and, like, in... Uh, per se and per se rock and like it, it's neat to see the canadian shield upended vertically because as you walk along that shoreline it's all vertical ridging so it's everything is turned upright and so you can see the different levels of the various millions of years of sediment right and uh, and so it's just neat to walk along that area and like everywhere we went in quebec like the the people were friendly and in all the tourists they like Stella takes French immersion so she got to speak for us because she's the only one in the family that can speak French and uh, so it was it was a really neat experience and I really wish we could have been able to kayak but again the kids were too young that year I know
0: tell you she just <laughs> left them in the car windows are cracked open <laughs> you guys they wait. got food and snacks <laughs> Leave a sign. Yeah. Yeah.
1: windows cracked they have food and snacks <laughs> yeah and the music's playing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, dog in trunk. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, there. you know, and it, it's cool to see all that stuff from the water level as well. Like it's one thing to, to walk around and see it. Yes. But to see it from water level adds a different dimension it, to it. Exactly. So we
1: saw it from shore or from high above on cliffs looking down. Like mm-hmm. when we were in Lubbock. Uh we, we were up on a high cliff and looking down onto the St. Lawrence. And it, it's amazing to see, but I would like to see it from the water. Well, kids
0: are older now. They are. Yeah. Right. I have to... Beckett's only next 10, year. so... Yeah, maybe next I gotta year. I think ten's old enough to be in a kayak.
1: I don't know what the rules were. I just remember at the time,
0: Stella was 10, I think.
1: No, she was 9. So, yeah. So, maybe. I don't yeah. know if it's height or age. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got I to gotta think 10 would be more. Than... Yeah. We'll see. There's a 12-year-old... I think it was. he was 12... 10 or 12. Youngest kid to do the entire Grand Canyon or something like that. Oh, yeah. Paddle it and kayak. Mm-hmm. It. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so go, go check out uh, the St. Lawrence along Quebec. And there's lots to see and do from one end to the other. It's amazing to see. So maybe we should uh, plan a little paddle there. We should. Right? Because this year we did Algonquin. Mm-hmm. Maybe next year we take a week and go yeah out there absolutely i got my kayak ready to go
1: it could be we'd have limited time if we did we could what? either do a long weekend or if we did a whole week if we did a whole week i'd have to take the family
0: no you do five days like we just did yeah so you got the weekend mm-hmm. plus the week yeah then the next weekend that would work right you drive one day to drive there one mm-hmm. day to drive back yep you hit a whole bunch of spots mm-hmm. you can camp in the truck
1: Definitely want to do one. I definitely do want to some St. Lawrence Seaway, uh, St. Lawrence
0: uh, paddling. But see, when we go there, you find all the hot spots that you want to take your family and then you go again. <laughs> Here you go. This is what I saw. Right? This is where I'm going to take this you. This is what we did in the spring. <laughs> this is what I'm going to show you in the fall. Yeah. Right? See? Perfect. You get two trips out there. Yeah. For the price of one. <laughs> That's awesome. You got to... You just got to use your melon and, and think of this. And didn't Jim and Tori,
1: they did a whitewater trip off of, was it the Bonaventure River? Yeah, well, on they Gas did Bay? The,
0: the canoe polling on the Bonaventure, right? Yeah. 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 See? See? <laughs> <laughs> you just got to think different ways yes, to, exactly. to get a couple of trips out of the deal. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there for you, buddy. I'm there for you. <laughs> Uh, remember the Voyager Brigade? They're doing a bunch of them. Not the not the TV show. No, not yeah. Yeah, they're so, doing a bunch of them. And didn't Kevin Callan do a segment of it? I think he was doing one or talking about doing one. Anyway, uh, what better way to celebrate the construction of Peterborough's new Canadian Canoe Museum oh, and I the know. historic waters it will stand next to then by undertaking a 240-kilometer journey along the Trent Severn Waterway. And that's exactly what the Canadian Voyager Brigade Society is doing, and they're starting next week, I guess oh. this weekend, this weekend coming. Part of the group's latest Voyager Canoe Brigade, 130 paddlers from across Canada, and including two from outside the country, will depart from Georgian Bay. Their goal, to reach Little Lake in Peterborough over nine days of paddling. Oh, that'd be And amazing. these are the big voyager commutes, yeah Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. From their launch at Lock 45 at Port Severn to their destination at the Ashburnham Lock 20 on the Trent Canal. I think Ashburnham was, was that our second day? Because we started at Lake Ontario. Second night or third night? Hmm. I wasn't with you then. No, Kevin Callan was there. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, Lock 20 on Trent Canal, just off Little Lake. The brigade will pass through 24 locks in total as part of their voyage. Formation of the Society was inspired by explorer David Thompson. In 2008, the 200th year anniversary of Thompson's 3,600-kilometer, 63-day journey from Rocky Mountain House National Historic Site in Alberta to Thunder Bay, more than 160 present-day adventurers retraced the famed Paddler's 1808 route back in 2008. Uh, this was the genesis of the uh, Canadian Voyager Brigade Society, Bruce Clark says. We thought it was a one-off, but everyone had so much fun, they said, let's keep this going. Which, I mean, you put a pe- bunch of people in a canoe. Of course you yeah. are going to say that. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another brigade followed in 2011 when society members recreated Thompson's exploration of the Columbia River, paddling from Invermere, uh, B.C., across the continental bo- sorry international border through Montana, Idaho, Washington, and Oregon to the Pacific Ocean. 2017, seven brigades hit the waters across the country as part of Canada's sesquicentennial celebration. Then last year, Canadian Voyager Brigade uh, Society sponsored and supported the 2022 Peace River Brigade, paddling from the British Columbia border to the town of Peace River, Alberta. Now they aim to take on the Trent Severn Waterway, a sprawling 386-kilometer route opened a century ago to link the Bay of Quinte at Trenton with Georgian Bay. And that's what we paddled was from the Bay of of Quinte all the way up to Georgian Bay. Voyagers will depart from Wabashin, on Saturday, so this coming Saturday. As Clark explains, the aim of the uh, Canadian Voyager Brigade Society and the 2023 Trent Severn Voyager Canoe Brigade is to pass the paddle. That means giving novice paddlers the opportunity to learn new skills and experience Canada's beauty from a new perspective on the many lakes, rivers, and waterways that shape the country and how we live. The idea of the society is to get people on the water Clark says passing the paddle is about getting others to experience Canada from the water adding that belonging to the society comes with recreational social and health benefits hopefully we're enticing a new generation of paddlers and that's what you know that's what it is all about right exactly passing on this knowledge number of people have said that this changed their lives in Peterborough, Little Lake, the Autonomy River, and canal system is right here. There are a number of people paddling out there, but not everybody, and I want to get more people out there to appreciate it. Uh, the brigade is set to arrive at Little Lake and Peterborough on August 5th. Paddlers will be welcomed by an executive from Canadian Canoe Museum, Clark expects to get an inside look at what the new museum will look like. Oh, a sneak peek. Ooh. Clark is impressed with the new waterside home of the museum, which he calls a culturally important hub filled with a world-class collection of canoes. Peterborough was sort of an epicenter of a lot of Canadian canoe building industry. The recreational canoe industry started in the area. While the site of the new location is the main destination, the brigade will continue on to Hiawatha First Nation on Rice Lake, where the journey will end on August 6th, Till the next day. Clark draws a deep connection between Canada's first peoples and the ever important canoe. To me, without a canoe, there's no Canada. We're not a country without our relationship with First Nations who shared their technology. I mean there's a lot of people that share that comment. Yes. You know Yeah, if, yeah, if it wasn't for the canoe. I mean and we've even said the canoe is basically like the uh covered wagon in the States.
1: So it's, it's what enabled, it's what enabled the early settlers and, and people who came here to actually access the back country. Like, yeah. yeah, like here without, without the canoe, you couldn't, you couldn't, you know, horse-drawn carriage no. just, and it's not, not going to work. You have to take, you have to take watercraft, right? Yeah. So it opened up, the, the it opened up the frontier in Canada. It's just like horses and wagons open up the frontiers
0: in the U.S. Yep. Yeah. So, that's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. I think I'm up north that weekend, too. Yeah? Yeah. Bang. Yeah, I'm pretty much guarantee I'm up north that weekend. August 5th? Yeah. Pure round. Take a little boogie to... Uh, yeah. Take a little boogie to Pure Check it out. Excellent. Uh, that's all I've got. You got that's anything That's all else? I've got. That's it? That's it. Oh. I think
1: I'm allergic to your cats. My eyes have been itching since I was cuddling your cat earlier. Why are you cuddling my cats? Your cat's very friendly today, very needy.
0: Yeah, well, then there's the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your she dog was wasn't...
1: To, she wasn't as mean as she normally is to me.
0: She only bit you six or seven times, I suppose <laughs> exactly. with the regular 12. Yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> You as still bad get as, the barks, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. Not as bad as Mike's dog. Mike's
1: dog never got used to me.
0: Well, she, she gets used She's starting to... worse. Really working on the stop chasing the bunnies and the squirrels and stop barking at people. (laughs) Yeah. You know, But eventually. (laughs) She's trying to talk to them. Right? She's like, hey, come play. Hey, Hey, everybody. Yeah. All righty. Well, if that's it then. Mm -hmm. uh, If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream all the episodes at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Or you can just go to the episode page at PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com and you can download or stream all the episodes there, all 388 of them. Ooh. And if you haven't been listening, and this is your first time listening. You got a lot of catching up, <laughs> catching to, do. up to do. Yeah. Don't listen to the first 100. We weren't so good back then. Don't listen to the first one. <laughs> yeah. Listen from two onwards. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with family, friends, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.